Frank Goldendale, and hello to all of my fellow liberty-loving Americans all across the fruited plains from sea to shining sea. This is the host who loves you the most, Luke Throop here on another wild, wonderful Wednesday, friends. It is a wonderful Wednesday. Today, Torch Report 299, talking about the State of the Union speech, Biden, and of course, the bigger picture. We're going to take it line by line, and then we're going to get back to what's real right now. This is actually going to be part one of a two-part Biden's speech left me speechless. <laughs> you know, it was just, yeah, it was hard to watch, you know, after an hour of droning on about his wild successes and shouting about the need to build back better and finish the job and ban assault weapons and, you know, slurring everything in between. Uh, Biden shuffled off the stage. Uh, you know, apparently the drugs were wearing off and it was time for him to get tucked in. But he'll be back, though, because this man, this sock puppet is ready for another four years, friends. If there was any doubt, that would be perhaps the biggest takeaway from last night is that Biden is, in fact, the leader of the brave new world. Friends, you can make of it what you will. But Joe Biden gave the liberals just what they needed. He gave them another shot of fantasy to keep their illusions alive. Joe Biden is the most popular president that was ever elected. You know, he's a he's a feisty stalwart of leader. He, he's he's not afraid to call out all those right wing extremists who threaten our democracy. And and, and you know, you know, he's going to fundamentally transform our country into an Orwellian socialist hell. But hey, we're building back better. Welcome to the brave new world, folks. <laughs> folks, let me tell you, it was lies, 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 I tell you from start to finish. It was gaslighting at its finest. And, you know, as Biden was out there proudly proclaiming his bald face lies with utter shameless conviction, uh, even liberal fact checkers are calling BS on at least half of what he said. But that's not really where I want to focus today. I want to focus on the language that belies his underlying intent. Last night, uh, after the speech, I did watch Sarah Huckabee Sanders' uh, rebuttal. I thought she did a pretty good job of painting a, a better picture <laughs> than what Biden did. But I went through Biden's speech line by line, and I'm going to share uh, some of that here. Obviously, we're not going to have time to get into it, but I want to share what really stood out to me and, and tell you why. You know, First quote was, quote, the story of America is a story of progress and resilience, one of always moving forward, of never giving up, period, end quote. Now, that sounds nice, doesn't it? You know, progress, resilience, moving forward. You know, these, friends, are the bells that make liberals drool. You know, this is the twisted language that conceals the hidden higher meaning and socialistic interpretation that is the exact contrary of its real intent per the Communist Manifesto. This is nothing other than the regressive progressive agenda dressed up put a bow on it, you know, but we're going back. We're going back to the 1800s. We're going back to Karl Marx. We're going back to centralized control and, and giving the, uh, you know, the elite commie hacks, everything they want to control every aspect of our lives. Biden goes on. He says, as we gather here tonight, we are writing the next chapter in the great American story, a story of progress and resilience. When world leaders ask me to define America, I define our country in one word, possibilities, <laughs> end quote. Now, again, the repetitive use of words emphasizing the progressive agenda, you know, the progress and resilience. We talked about resilience 
by the way, uh, you know, resilience is nothing other than and disrupting our lives in an iterative fashion in order to facilitate the behavioral change that the globalists want. Uh, but here we see that he's defining our nation with the impossibly broad term possibilities. Uh, America is a, is a nation of possibilities. Sure. I, I could agree with that, but what does that mean? What possibilities is Biden talking about? You know, surely the sock puppet has his own idea of possibilities, as do you and I. And as you will see here, the possibilities being presented by Joe Biden is nothing other than duping the ignorant hordes into supporting class warfare as a justification for the government to further centralize control of private businesses and our everyday lives. That's what's really going on here. And he says, says Biden, quote, and that's always been my vision for our country, to restore the soul of the nation, to rebuild the backbone of America, the middle class, to unite the country, period, end quote, BS, what a bunch of crap, you know, that, that's so hard to stomach uh, so much of what he said. I, I, but I wanted to include that quote because it points to the recurring theme of uniting the working class. You know, you think about the communist flag and it's, it's, it's the sickle and a hammer, right? It's the working class. And communism is all about spurring up the working class to get them to rise up against all the greedy capitalists and ultimately to give the government more and more and more and more control over the means of production and consumption, i.e. communism, okay? Despite the fact that his policies have decimated the middle class, I would say intentionally, you know, this gaslighting was followed up with the oft-repeated phrase, we've been sent here to finish the job. We've got to finish the job. Joe Biden's going to finish the job. Today's liberal progressive commie socialist hacks are going to finish the job, says Biden. I ran for president to fundamentally change things, to make sure the economy works for everyone so we can all feel pride in what we do, period, end quote. Okay, you know, how's that for boldly admitting the overarching plan to fundamentally transform our country? No doubt he's carrying out the, you know, he's going to finish the job. You know, he's, he's going to do what Barack Hussein Obama promised to do, which is fundamentally transform America. And actually, you know, as we've studied, the communist revolution, of course, starts much further back. But th these cultural seeds are coming to fruition, and they came to fruition in last night's speech in a huge sort of way. And I want to point out here that making sure the economy works for everyone is impossible. I mean, if for no other reason than given the fact that many people simply refuse to work, you know, but but it does this this appeal that, you know, the, for an economy that works for everyone, it skillfully appeals to the proverbial fear of missing out. Gosh, I don't want to miss out. I want to be a fat cat, too. You know, and it, it also stokes this sense of pride that says, you know, one should have everything that everybody else has. You know, I want a fancy new car and a fancy new house and I want to live high on the hog. And it's not fair, you know, regardless of merit or effort. It's just not fair. In other words, friends, he's hooking into strong emotions, pride and fear, both of which induce a strong desire to get something for nothing by having the government have more control over other people's lives. This is classic class warfare. And of course, as history has shown, it is highly effective. You don't forget the millions upon millions of people who have you know, succumb 
to the communist, you know, mind control and the persuasion tactics and the class warfare. It works and it's working right now. And all of his mustard pomp, his drug induced swagger, you know, w- was selling the same regurgitated regressive progressive ideas. He was spouting off about record low unemployment and creating a record 12 million jobs and all this crap, which, you know, was never meant to be taken seriously by serious people. Anybody that doesn't have their head buried up their ass knows it's a bunch of lies, but it was meant to cast an illusion, a fiction that low functioning liberals could buy into in order to maintain the requisite high level cognitive dissonance that keeps them blind to their own damn suffering. You know, that's what was going on. Just continuing on here. Biden says here at home, inflation is continuing to come down here at home. Gas prices are down to down a buck 50 a gallon since their peak food inflation is coming down and on and on and on, you know, just to point out, Coming down from a 40-year high is a good thing, but inflation is still at an all-time high. 64% of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. And the Fed, the Federal Reserve, just said that we have a long, long way to go with the current inflation, the Biden inflation. And all the you know promises that he made, em- you know, empty promises ultimately, but all this uh, – Building back better and spending billions and trillions of dollars to, you know, create this new utopian socialist surveillance state. That's going to only drive inflation higher. That's the reality of of what's at play, financially speaking here. But just to briefly paint a a more accurate picture, uh, consider this pithy response from House Representative Harriet Hegeman. Who says this? Harriet says this. When Biden took office, gas was two thirty nine a gallon on average, and now it's three forty nine. So to get, did, did Biden bring down prices? No, of course not. And that is after he irresponsibly drained our strategic petroleum reserves and sold off a portion of those reserves to China. And we're not feeling the pain of high gas prices because of Ukraine and Russia. We're feeling the the pain at the pump because extreme Biden policies. We're blocking permits and canceling the Keystone Pipeline and waging war on our most important and efficient energy resources, such as coal. That's why Americans have gone from being energy independent to facing an energy crisis in just two short years, period, end quote. Thank you, Representative Hegeman, but, you know, for pointing out the obvious. And again, it's the obvious that most people realize. But the speech just goes on and on and on, you know, all this drivel, all this crap, and people are buying it. But, you know, I'm sure, friends, you're going to be encountering plenty of rebuttals throughout the day. So I'm not going to focus on rebutting every little point and every little lie here. I I just like to pivot a little bit. Uh, You know, Biden was lamenting the fact that the U.S. used to be number one in the world of infrastructure, but now we fall into number 13. Oh, my gosh. You know, our infrastructure has fallen to number 13, and that's just unacceptable, according to the senile old sock puppet in the Oval Office. Uh, Apparently, his advisors didn't have the heart to tell him that we've dropped to number 23 on the human Freedom Index, and we are among the top six most polarized nations on the planet. You know, those facts much more poignant and and pertinent, you know, those don't get mentioned. Such facts would probably burst his bubble faster than an F-22 Raptor can bring down a Chinese spy balloon. (laughs) I don't know, friends, just speculating there. Uh, But under, under the overtones of casting a unifying vision, a vision that is ultimately 
flatly rejected by the vast majority of good old fashioned, red blooded, liberty loving Americans, that vision that Joe Biden is pushing, you know, he's he's essentially become the globalist mouthpiece for the blue collar blueprint. Those are his words. Oh, it's a blue collar blueprint, you know, to build back better all around the globe. And what's critical to realize here is that all of this building back better must be rebuilt out of the rubble of our current society. Friends, make no mistake, we are still in the demolition phase here. Those in the know, you know, those who've been with me for a while or people who are, who are wise to what's going on understand that the communists aim to destroy all aspects of existing society. That's a direct quote from the Communist Manifesto. You know, we've discussed how they pull this off at length, but I want to narrow in on one passage from the manifesto that really spells it out succinctly here. Quoting the Communist Manifesto, I quote, in this sense, the theory of communism may be summed up in a single sentence, abolition of private property, period, end quote. So you can sum up the commie's intent in a single sentence. They intend to abolish private property. Now let's take a few more uh, of a few of the more generous promises from Biden's speech last night. Okay, Biden says we capped the cost of insulin at $35 a month for seniors on Medicare. This law also caps out-of-pocket drug costs at a maximum of $2,000 per year. If drug prices rise faster than inflation, drug companies will have to pay the government back the difference. A record 16 million people are enrolled under the Affordable Care Act, thanks to a law that I signed last year, and millions of people are saving $800 a year. Let's finish the job. Make those savings permanent and expand coverage. Wow. Okay. You know, the, the masses swoon at the sound of such promises. Oh, wow. The president is really looking out for us. He really cares for us. He's going to regulate those greedy capitalist corporations and he's going to save us money. You know, it's not hard to see while the uh, lesser endowed individuals, shall we say, the u- useful idiots out there, you know, they buy into this crap because it sounds good. In essence, they're buying into this idea that they get something for nothing. All they have to do is vote for the government to forcefully take control of these private companies, which, of course, is the abolition of private property. And just to be real clear here, I put a little screenshot of the definition of abolition here. Uh, Friends, if you're listening on a podcast platform, please know you have to go to thetorchreport.com to get all the goodies, such as this screenshot here. But it says, you know, the abolition is the act of doing away with, something being done away with. It's the annulment. Okay? It's the act of abolishing, of annulling, of abrogating, you know, the utter destruction of laws and decrees and rights and customs and all of that. That's what it says in the definition of abolition. And the Biden administration, along with the rest of the global cabal, is abolishing private property. They're just casually doing away with a company's right to crunch the numbers and calculate the cost of doing business, you know, and then figuring these costs into their prices. And, you know, how can we make this profitable and pay our people and all of that? You know, that means that all of the equipment, the personnel, the resources that a company has acquired, you know, which is their private property. Now it has essentially been confiscated by the government. 
That is the abolition of private property, is it not? Now the government gets to determine what a company can and cannot produce, what materials they can use in the process of producing, you know, how much they can charge for their products. This is centralized control of production and consumption, pure and simple. And it comes after the abolition of private property per the Communist Manifesto. Again, to quote the manifesto, quote, Private property must, therefore, be abolished, and in its place must come the common utilization of all instruments of production and the distribution of all products according to common agreement. In a word, what is called the communal ownership of goods. In fact, the abolition of private property is doubtless the shortest and most significant way to characterize the revolution in the whole social order. And for this reason, it is rightly advanced by communists as their main demand, period, end quote. Friends, you got to just, you know, read their words, hear it from the horse's mouth. This is what they plan to do. You know, it's see, it's not your factory or business or pharmaceutical plant. It's our factory. It's the communal ownership. It's the collective. Okay. And they demand this. This is the communist demand. And of course, by our factories, businesses, and pharmaceutical plants, we don't mean your factories, uh, businesses, and pharmaceutical plants. We mean ours, you know, as in the government's. Right, because somebody has to regulate and make control, and make decisions, and it's going to be the government, not these pesky private corporations. You know, the government; th- those are the people that are in charge. You know, these are the elites who have preyed upon the ignorance and vulnerabilities of useful idiots to consolidate power and control into their own greedy, incompetent, money-grubbing mitts. It works every time, every damn time. And just to draw. A little from the mainstream here. Uh, I, I know when I start talking about communism, the commies are taking over the world. People are like, ah, Luke, you're crazy. I know you love it, but I got to say it. You know, even some prominent conservative commentators are starting to wake up and see this commie revolution for what it is. You know, while while we are marching straight into a communist revolution in a very stepwise fashion, it's promising to see headlines out there like this one here, titled uh, "Communism is a Religion." And it's rising again from its ashes. Now, I would point out, yes, communism is a religion. It is, in fact, a cult. But it's not just back. It's not just rising from the ashes. It never went away. Communism has just been rebranded as democracy. Because the first step in a communist revolution is to win the battle of democracy. Again, another screenshot here of the Communist Manifesto that says uh, the first step in the revolution by the working class is to raise the proletariat to the position of ruling class to win the battle of democracy. And in that that simple phrase, you know, to raise the proletariat to the position of ruling class, the proletariat cannot rule a damn thing. It's a mass. It's the ignorant horde. Okay, but they have to win the battle of democracy by convincing the useful idiots that if they just give all the power to the government, the, the enlightened leaders, then they're going to lead us into the brave new world. You know, the, the proletariat, it says, will use its political supremacy to wrest by degree all capital from the bourgeois, to centralize all instruments of production in the hands of the state. It says this is going to happen. The proletariat uh, is going to be organized as a ruling class to increase the total productive forces as rapidly as possible. Now, Biden talked about in his speech, you know, how all this is going to increase uh, productivity. 
<laughs> all this centralized control and taking over private corporations, that's going to increase productivity. Even though that's completely and patently false, it's absurd, it's ludicrous, it's insane. That's what he promised. And I'm just pointing that out because that's exactly straight out of the Communist Manifesto. But let's just get back to Biden's commie-laden speech here in the interest of time. Uh, Going to have two sections, part two of this, but I want to get a little bit more squeezed in here. So thank you for bearing with me. Biden says, let's finish the job. Reward work, not just wealth. Pass my proposal for the billionaire minimum tax. Corporations ought to do the right thing. That's why I propose we quadruple the tax on corporate stock buybacks. You know, let's finish the job and close the loopholes that allow the very wealthy to avoid paying their fair share of taxes. Wow, we're going to finish the job of this commie revolution by taking more money from corporations and private businesses that are out there being productive. You know, wow, <laughs> what a brilliant plan. How progressive here, Biden, you know, after squawking about, you know, how cracking down on the wealthy tax cheats, that's a direct quote. Now, that's the epitome of fiscal responsibility, according to Biden. Uh, he, he was saying we're going to crack down on the wealthy tax cheats while simultaneously promising uh, impossible unfunded giveaways for everything, you know, everything free, free, free. You know, Biden says this. He says, uh, I will pay for the ideas that I've talked about tonight by making the wealthy and big corporations begin to pay their fair share. Pause. OK, what he's saying is I'm going to be, you know, taking money away from private citizens and private businesses. That's what he said. I want to take that money, away. quadruple the taxes, 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 more taxes. Yeah, that's crazy. But that's what he's doing. And he says, look, look, here's the deal. Big corporations aren't just taking advantage of the tax code. They're taking advantage of you, the American consumer. Here's my message to all of you out there. I have your back, period, end quote. Wow, what a great guy, you know. In theory, the most powerful politician on the planet, who is little more in reality than just a sock puppet, has just promised to protect the proletariat from the evil bourgeois capitalists. He's got your back. He's going to tax the rich and make them pay their fair share. You know, they're not going to take advantage of the tax code. They're taking advantage of you. That's why the government must commandeer these renegade corporations and steal their private property and their profits just to protect you, the petty peasant, of course. Now, friends, that's only the first half of Biden's speech. And, you know, all of his bluster about how for too long the workers have been getting stiffed, you know, we're going to build back better. We got to begin to restore the dignity of work. All of this, all of it is just an overt call for a commie revolution. That's all it is. It's like a dog whistle for the working class who are being exploited by these lies. Again, the average person is not that smart, which means half the people out there are real effing idiots. Thank you, George Carlin, for pointing out the obvious. But Biden's hooking their emotions. He's promising them the moon and he ultimately means to control every aspect of their lives, of course, for the greater good. You know, and what people fail to realize, friends, which I'm sure you have not failed to realize, but many, many people do, is that when the government assumes the authority to abolish private property, which was the underlying theme of last night's speech, they mean to abolish your private property. And, and more broadly than that, your rights as an individual are nothing in the eyes of the collective cult. You don't matter. 
what you have is not yours. It belongs to the collective. And it's not just your property, friends, but it's your livelihood. It's your lifestyle. It's the very life within your breast. All of everything that you are belongs to them, to the collective. And, of course, that's what's best for the greater good. That's what they would have you believe, friends. But don't buy the lies. The commies are taking over the world. And I'll be getting more into that tomorrow. Uh, we'll be getting into mematics and the uh, the deeper meaning, friends. But that is the message of my heart for today. If you're enjoying this podcast, please take the time to find that little heart on the Substack app or the website. Click that heart and make my heart soar like a hawk. <laughs> I'd be grateful if you do. Friends, subscribe if you have not subscribed already. Please don't forget you could support this publication by joining the Patriot Club. It means so very much that you do. Uh, and of course, the greatest honor of all is if you share this podcast with everyone you know. Get out there and embrace this wild, whimsical, <laughs> wonderful Wednesday. Stay wise, friends. Until next time, I look forward to talking to you again soon. Yeah.